from our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome back to Total SF. Heather Knight, how are you doing? Same old, same old. <laughs> this house, the inside walls are looking very, very familiar. I think every time we talk, and it's been like once a week since this has happened, every time we talk for a podcast, we both look a little bit more kind of glassy-eyed <laughs> and over it. Yeah, your beard is coming in. My beard is coming in. Thank you very much for noticing. Nobody <laughs> around my house has even mentioned my uh, pandemic beard um, starting to come in. But uh, a lot of things are changing, but we're trying to keep our spirits up, Heather, mm-hmm. and great way to do that, I think, would be to like do the unexpected and plan a total SF event while we're in our houses. Yes. We are ready for Total SF movie night number five. Sadly, it will not be at the Balboa Theater because we're not allowed to go there and they're not open. Or any theater. <laughs> yes. It will not actually be at a movie theater. But yeah. we have another idea. Because everybody is stuck in their house... The movie will be at your house. Venue at your house. Cost nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and on April 25th at 7 p.m., we're all going to watch Inside Out together. Mark your calendars. Don't make plans to go out the night of April 25th because you can't. 7 p.m., press play on Inside Out. Yes. Um, great San Francisco movie may come up in this very podcast where we're going to rank our five favorite San Francisco movies of all time each may come up. And um, there's going to be a little more though, too. I mean, one thing to watch the movie together, we can all be on Twitter, maybe on Instagram, but we've got to up our game a little bit and make this a little more special. How are we going to do that, Heather? We're going to have a couple of contests. We're still ironing out the details, but one thing you should start thinking about now is the fact that when Riley goes to the pizza store that everybody knows was based on Arizmendi, she orders <laughs> pizza. It comes with, God forbid, broccoli on it. And her angry voice says, Hey, I saw a pizza place down the street. Maybe we could try that. Pizza sounds delicious. Pizza? pizza. Yes, pizza. <laughs> right on, that's good. What the heck is that? Who puts broccoli on pizza? That's it. I'm done. Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. So we're going to have a San Francisco Ruins Pizza pizza making contest. Yes. Um, This is going to be great. It can go two ways. You can either make a San Francisco Ruins Pizza pizza, which in Inside Out appears to have like broccoli on it and kale. You can go that route and make the most San Francisco pizza, or you can go another route. You could make your pizza look like something famous in San Francisco. It could be fog. It could be Sutro Tower. You could figure out how to make your pizza look like a cable car. We will leave it up to you. We know you've got time on your hands. Get creative. (laughs) That's the key. Time on your hands. (laughs) We have time on our hands. You have time on your hands. Let's watch a movie together. And let's talk movies, Heather. Uh, Five favorite movies coming up. With my pandemic beard and (laughs) with you. Me drinking another uh, big glass of white wine. Big glass of white wine together again. I'm Peter Hartlob. (laughs) I'm Heather Knight. And this is Total SF. Thank you very much.
So welcome back, Heather. Um, pandemic beards. Uh, <laughs> any in your house? My husband always has a beard. It's um, So far, he's keeping it the same length, but it could get wild at any point. No one in my household, as I said, has mentioned my uh, beard. And I don't know if it's because they don't notice it because it's happening slowly or they just hate it. <laughs> I think they don't notice it because they see you literally every minute that they're awake. So, yeah. But I noticed it because I haven't seen you in a week. Yeah. Well, good to see you again. Um, I got to say, usually this is a part of the podcast where we start discussing all the uplifting things that we've been writing. Uh huh. But I don't think either of us have really done that in the last <laughs> week. It's been pretty depressing stuff homelessness death, you know, but we're going to have fun tonight. Yeah, definitely. Um, top five movies, San Francisco movies of all time. Give me a little bit about your movie watching background. Now you grew up in Davis, mm -hmm. kind of what was your cinema and what was kind of your seminal Heather discovers movie <laughs> experience? Oh, wow. I didn't expect that to be coming. Uh, my dad is a big movie lover and we would go to the movies all the time. Holiday cinema, downtown Davis. Um, it has a parking garage over the cinema because you can always find parking in Davis. Um, and we went all the time. It was just a regular thing. I saw almost every movie, big movie that came out when I was growing up. So, yep. I grew up, like, just fell in love with movies, but I fell in love with theaters first. And I remember my parents took me to the Arlington in Santa Barbara to see Raiders of the Lost Ark by myself. And it was the first movie I ever saw by myself was Raiders of the Lost Ark at this beautiful old um, kind of Spanish style theater. And then I loved seeing the movie, but I loved the theater too. So just growing up, um, I had the Hyatt near me and the Milbrae and um, all these great kind of old theaters and that was like my favorite thing to do. Not just to see the movie, to, but like be in the theater, be by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Be around my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, I just have really fond memories. Um, I'm trying to think what my first San Francisco movie was. Might have been Star Trek Four. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm sure it was. I'm sure that'll come up later. But <laughs> not um, on anyway. my list. So we're going to talk San Francisco movies. Um, I want to ask you first, though, what do you like in a San Francisco movie? Like, what are your qualities that you're looking for in a good San Francisco movie? Mostly, especially right now, I'm looking for comedy. I like to laugh. There's so much wackiness and whimsy in San Francisco that a lot of movies have that. Um, right now, I'm not in the mood for dark, depressing, you know, serious movies. So my list is pretty light yeah my my list is definitely a coronavirus list um if you were to if you're a film buff um you should probably just turn the podcast off and, <laughs> and listen to the last one or the next one but um you know i think vertigo and the conversation are probably the two best films that have come out of san francisco i'm gonna pick like my favorite movies yeah the um, ones i actually want to watch right now yeah, and I mean, Vertigo, I wouldn't mind watching that right now, but The Conversation is not a movie I want to sit and watch right now. Like, I want to watch something that's going to make me happy mm -hmm. or inspired or, um, you know, be thoughtful in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So my list is movies that fit that category. They're escapist. Yeah. Contagion did not make my top five. <laughs> it did not. Although we should talk about Contagion We might talk about time. that in another episode. 
Yeah, I have invited Heather and Audrey to do a contagion recap with me, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, we're still discussing, but uh, I think we should go five to one. Yes, let's and start at the I want to start with you. Um, okay. Tell me the movie. Tell me why. I won't make any snide comments or anything <laughs> until you at least get like two sentences out. Number five, Heather, favorite San Francisco movie. Go, Mrs. Doubtfire. I haven't seen this in years, but I definitely intend to rewatch it imminently. I should have probably rewatched it before I was talking about it on this podcast. But obviously, it stars Robin Williams, the late and beloved Robin Williams. I really wish he was still around. Um, we could use his light take on life and his laughs right now. But the movie was from 1993. He played a newly divorced dad who was struggling in many ways and couldn't see his kids as much as he wanted. And so his ex-wife hires a housewife and he turns into the housewife who, not the, sorry, let's start that part again. What was, what would you call her? Like a, a nanny? Nanny. Yeah. Okay, he's the nanny. Yeah. I'm leaving all that in. No, I, I misspoke. You I only, edit your own self. That's true. <laughs> that's something that you probably have learned working with me is that I edit myself <laughs> and I leave you in. <laughs> so, Fine. Nanny. We'll go Be with that nanny. Way. You're doing housekeeper, great. You, you housekeeper have, slash nanny. Okay, yes, you that have way more description than I'm going to have. You're doing great. <laughs> um, um, Mrs. Doubtfire is my number five. And I also looked up the Mrs. Doubtfire house, which apparently is a big photo op in San Francisco still. It's on the corner of Broadway and Steiner and Pack Heights. So when we're allowed to leave our own houses, we can go venture over to Pack Heights and get a photo in front of the Mrs. Doubtfire house. All right, let's do that on our long list of things that we're going to do when I can see San Francisco again and you can get out of your house again. Yeah. And, um, great pick. Uh, I'm not even going to pretend like we're going to get in a fight over this one. Um, <laughs> like when you inevitably I, mentioned Star Trek Four. Yeah, yeah, and it's coming. Um, <laughs> excellent film. I, one thing that I like about it is, like a lot of his films, but even more so... Um, his wife at the time was producing it. Um, the cast is filled with San Francisco characters. It, it felt like even as you're watching the movie, you can tell like the party didn't stop when they turned the camera off. Like yeah. everybody's having a good time. Um, super positive message, really quotable um, of all of his like kind of inhabiting a yeah. character. I think this might be the best one. You gotta You've love got, the like, line. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So, um, missed out fire. Excellent pick. Number five. Uh, my number five. What is it? The game. I David still haven't Fincher. seen it. Tell me what it, what it's about. Seen this. Okay. Um, the game, Michael Douglas, he's a financier. And mm. one thing I love about the film is it's right before the tech boom. So it's still when San Francisco is a big financial town. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Douglas, um, is kind of this guy who's just all about money, isn't good with his family, doesn't have a life outside of his job, and his brother, played by Sean Penn, convinces him to play this game. This is for you. You should have. What do you get for the man who has everything? Consumer Recreation Services. Well, I do have golf clubs. Call that number. Why? They make your life fun. Fun. You know what that is? You've seen other people have. 
It's an entertainment service. An escort service? A profound life experience. Sorry. Uh, no, it's all right. You just tell me your call. I said I would. No, you didn't. Gives him uh, basically an envelope, tells him to go to an address, and there's nothing more to it than that. Hmm. I mean, it's sort of this like scavenger hunty slash. Um, I don't know how to describe. I want to play it, a scavenger except... hunt right now. Yeah, you don't want to play Not this, this one. game. Though. Yeah, because it appears to be getting deep into his life. I don't want to give away any twist and turn okay. except to say White Rabbit mm. uh, is played at the beginning when he kind of goes down this rabbit hole, and that's like the whole vibe of it. It's mm. a surreal thing, over the top, um, and all about San Francisco. Uh, Filoli is not in San Francisco. That's where a lot of it takes place. But um, they really use the city, very noirish. The kind of like mystery, noir, um, surreal thing that I want to watch right now. Um, I want to watch it again. I think you should wait till we can show it in a theater. Well, you realize what in... tonight was supposed to be, right? We were what? supposed to be showing the game tonight at the Balboa. Because oh we God. chose it as 4-9, April 9th, to go with the 49-mile route. And we were going to announce a scavenger hunt based on cool spots on the 49-mile makeover. And then everything went to hell, as we know. <laughs> and so we are stuck talking about it from our own houses. So much has changed, I Heather. know. Ugh. All right, number four. Pick me up. Okay. What's your number four? Well, this is in preparation for our movie night in a couple of weeks, Inside Out. I vividly remember taking my older son, who's almost 10, to see it when it came out in 2015, and um, he was just laughing, and he took it as the kid's cartoon that it is, but parents will know that it's a lot deeper and sadder than that in a lot of ways, because it's all about seeing your kid's childhood kind of vanish before your eyes, and in the um, scene when her imaginary friend Bing Bong, who's your friend who likes to play? Who's your friend who likes to play? His rocket makes you yell, hooray! Who's the best in every way and wants to sing the song the same? Who's your friend who likes to play? Bing bong, bing bong, his rocket makes you yell, hooray! Is no more. I was like sobbing in the theater, and um, and my little kid was just like, oh ha ha ha! It's this purple weird elephant guy, but um, no, it's more than a purple weird <laughs> elephant guy. R.I.P. Bing Bong. I know. He I sacrificed. Love Bing Bong. Totally. He gave him. Spoiler. He gave himself. Yes. Up. Yes. Oh. Uh, that scene was heartbreaking, and love the. Um, there are funny parts too. The um, how each real person has five emotions in their heads and you can sometimes see what they're talking about it's mostly in the little girl riley's head but then you see those scenes where her mom and dad <laughs> you see what yeah. they're really thinking over dinner that was hilarious so the scene the uh, characters are disgust joy sadness anger and fear i think we're all feeling like a mix <laughs> of all of those right now like every five yeah. minutes it changes so i think um we'll get a lot out of watching it together in a couple of weeks awesome um Another great pick. Um, that is also my number four. Oh, uh, what a coincidence. Love, love all of the emotions. Um, when, like, the dads kind of 
getting in the tickle fight and she's like no dad and then goofy island dies that's like i could totally relate to that because my kids are getting older and like you know are becoming adult like Mm -hmm. um i love it as a san francisco movie Mm -hmm. i mean it's so smart the way that it captures san francisco they film it all really claustrophobically like it's san francisco plus about 15 percent streets are a little narrower traffic's a little more chaotic it's darker like literally darker yeah and uh and i think they just capture that you know she's moving here it's a big city it's a quirky city and Mm -hmm. they get those quirks involved i love it as a san francisco movie too yeah it's awesome that's that's my number four yay good job so you got to go to number three now okay um this is a little bit deeper but um i love the movie milk that's my number three it was uh, filmed in 2008 and it was the life and death of harvey milk as played by sean penn um I work usually when we're allowed to work outside of our homes in the press room at City Hall. So I just love the building as much as the politics can drive me nuts. It's just a stunningly gorgeous building from what I can remember from all those many weeks ago. But um, just seeing all those scenes, which really were filmed there. And I love that Harvey Milk was known for taking the stairs, the beautiful marble staircase at City Hall. He said you should always take the stairs. Um, It's just a really um, well-acted Um, account of that time and also I think that right now it can um, kind of give us the message that the 70s were really scary and awful in general in San Francisco and within days um, Harvey Milk, Mayor Moscone and um, the Jonestown massacre all happened in November of 1978 and um, it was just a horrible time but people emerged and and made it through and we were still the strong and um, happy city that we are so that is my pick number three. Good pick. Um, love love where they filmed. They filmed actually in his camera shop and um, really captured the Castro, captured the characters. There's just like a lot of, um, in, in another movie, they might not have included all of the personalities that were around him and in orbit of him. And I just love how it was done. Um, I am picking one that is not Milk. But um, my number three does the same thing that I think that Milk does, which is really captures San Francisco in a way that if you're not from here, you might understand it a little bit more. And if you're from here, you're really going to love it and get it and feel connected. And that's Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Shoot. It's missing from my top five and it should have been on there. That's an excellent choice. Well, you blew it. (laughs) I did. (laughs) We've got I a love lot of that movie. I like it. It was a surprise to me. I knew that the director and the writer were going to be kind of an experienced, and I thought that was going to bother me. I actually think that's an asset. Um, so much of what they do is kind of this dreamlike look at how they look at San Francisco, and it was really a window into their minds. And because of that, uh, Joe Talbot and Jimmy Fails, who wrote it, um, you get a sense of like the struggles that they've been through and the people they know have been through. And it's also funny Mm -hmm. and real and sweet. Um, It's not this angry, you know, my, my hands are are in in fists (laughs) right now, angry at what's happening in San Francisco. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is why I love the place. I'm sad I can't be there anymore. Mm -hmm. But then there's this beautiful relationship between the two leads. Um, I think it was fantastic. I saw it with a crowd 
and I loved it in a way that I think is going to be different than the next time that I see it, mm-hmm. but I can't wait to watch it again. Um, fantastic film. Let's make that um, a total SF movie night. At that some would point. be great. At the Balboa. That would be great. I love that movie. Um, and it's very yeah. creative. Like you can't really tell where it's going. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like the little turns that it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was unexpected. And I just love all the little kind of Easter eggs too, where if you're from here, you recognize what Muni line they're on. Mm-hmm. You recognize what SRO, you know, mm-hmm. his dad they're is walking by yeah. his dad's at. And it's just a fantastic film and yes. can't wait to watch it again. And it was a real gift last year. Yes. So that's my number three. Excellent choice. I should have put it on my top five. Uh, that's all right. I got it in there. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> You're covered. All right. Number two. Now I feel dumb because that is such a <laughs> a heartfelt movie. But this is two in its own way. It's very silly. Audrey Cooper might fire me for putting this at number two, but it is Sister Act. I love this movie. I think we need songs right now. I think we need Whoopi Goldberg r- right now. I think we need Whoopi Goldberg in A Nun's Habit. I think we need Noe Valley turned in randomly into a slum. I mean, it just has everything. You cannot watch this movie and feel bad. You will, like, probably if you're, if you've had one glass of wine like I have, um, be, like, dancing in your seat. Never apologize for Sister Act. <laughs> um, I, I really believe, like like the message in Sister Act, that if we brought Audrey Cooper to a screening of Sister Act full of people who are like singing along and totally happy, that like her heart would grow three sizes yes. and she would suddenly fall in love with the film. And when we did show that at, our, at the Balboa, um, a couple, I think that was right before Christmas, we had by far the most amazing pre-show entertainment. That was the night that Byron Cobb, eight-time cable, car- cable car bell ringing champion, played the cable car bell along with our favorite bagpiper, Lynn Miller, in a spontaneous duet, which I'm pretty sure was the first cable car bell slash bagpiper duet in history and they were amazing and the crowd was like super wild and clapping and loving it and it was all because everyone was so excited to see sister act yeah and the first and let's make sure it's not the last cable car bell ringing bagpiping duet in history i think when we get back um you know it affects our budget a little bit but i think i think we we need to get that get yes. that pair together again yes and we're gonna fantastic. add the unicycler should i mention that <laughs> yes please please tell us about should we the have unicycler. a break to talk about unicycles yes so always <laughs> we're gonna invite this guy too um last week i was walking up twin peaks with my sons because the road is closed to cars now shout out park and rec you should leave it closed to cars there was no shattered glass anywhere and no tour forever mm-hmm. leave it that way forever this should be a permanent thing and it, the roads were overtaken by people who were socially distancing but they were jogging biking scooting walking and just having a joyful time not worrying about um car breaking thieves or anything and i saw a guy unicycling up the road to twin peaks and i took his picture 
And then we got up to the top and then we saw him again. He made it all the way up there. And my little son goes, mommy, there's another unicycler. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the same one. (laughs) But I posted the picture on Twitter and his roommate happened to see it and said, oh, that's my roommate. And I was like, can you um, put me in touch with this unicycler? And he's like, totally. And sure enough, like hours later, the unicycler emailed me and explained that he just picked up the unicycle because he thought it would be a good social distancing form of exercise (laughs) because nobody will get near you because they think you will fall on them. (laughs) So he is a character and I think we should invite him to the next Total SF movie night. Okay. Couple things. First of all, um, how great is it that we live in this big city, but it's small enough that you like tweet about the unicycler (laughs) and like the unicycler's dentist or whatever oh i know that guy and then and then like it's like hey it's me the unicycler you're talking to him a day later uh secondly i think you texted me this photo and my immediate thought was like how can we work this into a total sf movie (laughs) i'm thinking like giving away prizes Uh because as you said there's that fear that the unicycler is going to fall on you and 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 a fear that you know Hearst Corporation and the Chronicle would be personally liable for <laughs> any of the damages. But I think handing him like the trivia yeah. prizes and having him ride up the aisle that would and be hand amazing. them out, oh my that gosh. would be a total SF thing to do. Yes. We are going to sell this out in like two seconds. Yeah. Okay. Um, so where good were detour. we? Good yeah. detour. I don't know. What is this podcast about? <laughs> I don't know. We've both <laughs> I think had we're a on number drinks. two. Okay. I did my two, which was Sister Act. What is your number two? Okay. My number two. Um, like Mark Benioff, uh, I am a fan of Dirty Harry. And like a lot of movies in San Francisco, a little bit problematic, very much of a time when people wanted someone to go out and blow people away. Um, I'm going to own that and say that as the years go on, this may go up on the list. Mm -hmm. But it was... I. think the first San Francisco film that I really saw and I probably saw it when I was way too young on VHS and I just remember like as much as all the stuff was going on with Dirty Harry that was the most I had seen of San Francisco in my life like I hadn't been to Kizar Stadium but I'd heard about it all my life and the Mount Davidson Cross and um, Clint Eastwood I just feel like as much as any actor even though he is from Oakland and lives in Carmel, I just believe him as a San Franciscan, Mm -hmm. a San Francisco character. Um, And it's got just a good lean story. I love Dirty Harry. That's my number two. Okay. That is another one I have not seen. What? I know. It's crazy. (laughs) Don't watch it with the kids. (laughs) Okay. One one more positive thing about Dirty Harry. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a scene where he disparages someone putting ketchup on a hot dog. And I love that, too. I like mustard so, on a hot dog. Yeah, me, too. That's good. Yes. We can still be friends. Yeah. Okay. My number one. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was our first Total SF movie night, So I Married an Axe Murderer. It is totally underrated 1990s movie that nobody saw in the theater. Probably, like, two people saw it. It totally bombed. But it's one of those ones that was rediscovered on DVD and is a cult classic where people know the lines like, head, move, or it's like an orange on a toothpick. It's got its own weather system. It's like Sputnik. 
If you haven't seen it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you have, you know all these lines, and it is amazing. It is Mike Myers playing a poet who can somehow afford to live in San Francisco. (laughs) And his parents are very Scottish. Bagpiping plays a big role. It's a story of him falling in love with a butcher. Another line is, she's a hard-hearted harbinger of haggis. And then he's not sure whether she's a um, serial killer or not. I won't give it away. But it is a hilarious movie that everybody should see during this horrible time because it will make you laugh. I would put an asterisk by that. Um, Love the movie. It's on my honorable mentions list. It is um, underrated. Maybe maybe the most underrated SF film. Um, The asterisk I'd put is so much better with a crowd. Yeah. Um, and we, we saw, this was our first Total SF movie. It totally and, sold out, like, immediately. And you had to eat haggis because of that. Yeah, um, that wasn't a fond memory. <laughs> but but I, I just remember that we had done kind of these things. Uh, we had done Total Muni and, and done these things where we were interacting with people, but it was, like, one or two at a time. Mm-hmm. This was, like, a big crowd. Yeah. And I just remember how into it people were. Um, so I would say, like, watch it with a crowd, yeah. Um, but totally good, underrated movie, fun, great scene in the Chronicle. Yes. Like Contagion <laughs> and um, Zodiac didn't actually film inside the Chronicle, but um, the Chronicle's uh, in a lot of movies, actually. Yeah, it's got a. Uh, but the the Soy Married and Axe Murder, the Classifieds mm-hmm. are actually like where Michael Cabanatuan sits. Mm-hmm. So uh, good call. Yes. I, I, I'm not disputing it. It would, might be my number six. Okay. Um, totally underrated. Super funny. Love it. My number one, Heather, mm-hmm. is a little film you might have <laughs> I know paused on coming. after five minutes when a spaceship <laughs> showed up. Uh, little little film about spaceships and whales, as <laughs> you think, called Star Trek Four. And here's the thing. I didn't know this was going to be number one. I knew it was going to be on your list. It's so good. Forced to watch it in a theater, having fun, couple of drinks. Maybe you go out and do some Twitter stuff when the spaceship first flies by. But it's part (laughs) of the plot. you got to watch this stuff. You are going to love this movie. Okay. I tried. No. You didn't try hard (laughs) enough. You had distractions. You're saying I wasn't drunk enough. You weren't with a crowd. You weren't drunk enough. Whatever. Um, you will love it when you see it with a crowd. There's a Muni scene. I did like the Muni scene. You saw the Muni scene? Yes, that was good. How do you not love this movie? Because that was like one minute, and then there's 120 other minutes with spaceships and whales. There aren't that many spaceships. (laughs) (laughs) The whales are in it a lot, but what what do you have against whales? They don't belong in the movie with spaceships. It was so random. I'm not a sci-fi person. The 76, it's not a sci-fi movie. They're in San Francisco in the 1980s. There's spaceships and it's Star Trek. (laughs) How could you say it's not sci-fi? Yeah, (sighs) I will give it another try just because I I trust you to some extent. (laughs) Here's the problem. You didn't watch Star Trek 1 through 3 first. Yeah, that is a problem. And I'm not going to fix that problem. Okay. All right. Let's just leave it with (laughs) it's my number one. I was You're with wrong. you on five, four, three, two. So that's not bad. Okay. It's so, we did nine, and we were totally getting along. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's the important thing. We agree on Inside Out. Yes. We can and table that is the Star one Trek we're all going to watch together. 
Okay, so Inside together, Out. Together but um, apart. Together but apart. We're all going to watch it together. Look for our Twitter feeds and Instagram. We'll More have info. some announcements about the uh, contests and stuff like that. Pillow Fort contests? I don't even think we mentioned that. Oh, yeah. We were thinking in addition to the San Francisco Ruins Pizza pizza making contest, we would have a who can build the coolest pillow fort to watch the movie in contest. I think that's a great idea. It was your idea. Yeah. <laughs> you had an idea too, though. Oh, that... yes. Mine was, um, well, in tangent with Audrey Cooper, she thought of the costume contest. I thought of a costume contest specifically about one of the five emotions. Whichever emotion you're most feeling during this horrible, you can't leave your house saga, whether it's joy, which I hardly doubt it would be, fear, disgust, sadness, or anger, which all of those could definitely be it. Dress like that. Take a p- picture, post it on Twitter or Instagram. We don't know what you're going to win yet. We haven't gotten that far, but it will be. Maybe nothing. Yes. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we're, you'll what do else this are you for doing? not. Yeah. You don't have anything else to do. Yeah. So. so good to see you, Heather. You too. I like the beard. Thank you very much. It's going to be even longer next <laughs> time you see it. Um, not going anywhere. Um, and uh, looking forward to the movie. And you're doing great work. And I'll talk to you again you soon. You too. All right, see you later. See you later. Darling, it's 2 a.m. It's time for closing. The cops, they're all sideways. And I think Aaron's broken. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guest, Heather Knight. Total SF is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community, and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at www.sfchronicle.com pod. <laughs>